Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 188 of the Get Around, your hyper-local sports podcast for Northern Michigan high school sports. I'm James Cook, joined by TV7 and 4 Sports Dude, Now that's Harrison because BB. you're hyper and we're local, right? Probably. I am drinking some caffeine right now. Uh, we also in studio our own Andrew Rosenthal. Happy um, New Year! Lashana Tova! Wow, I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> 5782, guys! Is that is that this early in September? It's it the j- Jewish it, New Year. Yeah, it happens like the holiday changes every year. That's true. Yeah, you that's nev- how the you Jewish calendar works. <laughs> yeah. You never really know when they happen until they do. I always thought it was. Late, I, late I personally September. don't even know. Like I just somebody told you. Yeah, you don't pay attention to that stuff. Well, I think someone told me like, "Oh, Lashana Tova, Happy New Year," and I'm like, "Oh, that's today." Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> that depends. Do you celebrate normal New Year? Uh, like. January 1st. Like Earth calendar New Year? Yeah, I do. Oh, you're a double dipper, huh? Might as well <laughs> go into Chinese New Year, in Canadian some year- Thanksgiving. You might as well just embrace all the holidays. I know in some areas of Chicago, like where my dad grew up, everyone takes the day off of school, or they kind of just get the day off. Now, Today would be the first day of school. Right. Well, no, they're, they started like weeks ago. Well, but like if yeah. there's someone up here. Really? Yeah. Weeks ago? Yeah. What, are they communists? Chicagoans, <laughs> but you know, it, it, well, if it was if it was up here, I would you know if I was Jewish, I would have to take the first day of school off. That would be kind of weird. Well, we're doing this on Tuesday today because of another holiday, because of Labor Day weekend. So we were all off for the most part yesterday. We've got a good show for you. We got Traverse City Central dual sport standout Everest Noise on later to talk about what it's like to play both football and soccer for the you? Trojans. First off, though. We're going to get you fed. This week's winner of two free Jimmy John's sandwiches is Lana Popke Watkoski of Traverse City. James, say that again. Lana Popke Watkoski of Traverse City. For interacting with the podcast on Facebook, remember to like, share, or comment for a chance to win two sandwiches each week, courtesy of Jimmy John's and the Get Around. Now it's time to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world with the pulse, and let's just sink our teeth into high school football. We've got two weeks under our belts now. Who are your guys' surprise teams so far this season after two games? I guess it could be a surprise that they're 2-0 and or a surprise that they're 0-2. I'm surprised Trevor City Central what? didn't roll over Marquette last week. I mean, they kind of did. Yeah. yeah, they ran up 60. <laughs> did they back. not bl- blow the w- doors off? I, w- I, w- sure, I was surprised that Marquette scored that much, but from what I've read, Marquette has a pretty good offense yeah, this year. Yeah, that quarterback was pretty good. He was yeah. making a lot. Of, he was attempting quite a bit of passes and... I was going to say right away that that game kind of just was kind of hard to watch from a fan's perspective. A lot of penalties. A lot of penalties that took so long. Like it was it was a 3-hour game. It was you there was like 42 points scored within 5 minutes of the third quarter, which is when I was there. It, it was fun. Like there was a lot of big plays and scoring, but I don't know. I I'm surprised that game wasn't a little like as Traverse City Central Marquette as it's been in years past. The running clock. Yeah. It sounds like Marquette's got a little better of a team this year than they've had in recent years. Marquette's yeah, kind so. of been an embarrassing team for Central and even St. Francis to have on their non-conference. It appears like that's not the case. Central still, by all means, needed to win that game, especially after starting 0-1. Yeah, but, St. Francis was usually blowing them out. Yeah, exactly. But I remember so, seeing them a year or two ago and seeing that Riddle kid at quarterback and thinking, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, so that's not... That doesn't look nearly as bad as if that was like five years ago now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the, the double dip of Boynton City and Kingsley. You probably want to say Kingsley because you were at the game with me last okay. week. But uh, 
I mean, both of them in key games last week against big-time rivals, and they both showed right away that they are the team. Well, one of them was a non-conference game, but, I mean, Kingsley just showing in general. They're, once again, the team to beat up here. Uh, for anybody that's not in the Big North Conference, the Stags blowing out Glenn like 42 to nothing. 48. Oh, sorry, 48. 48, yeah. yeah. I apologize to Glenn Lake. And it was, and it was almost 54. I believe it was. I mean, I was there when it was 24 nothing, and I left early in the second quarter to get to Andrews game. So whether that's, you know, more of a problem with Glenn Lake or more of everything going right for Kingsley, however you want to slice it, that's – you can't uh, – McBain, too, was a great win to have in week one, so it looks like there is – Pretty much no stopping Kingsley in this year. I mean, we're all circling that final regular season. Fri- I think it's a Friday game, hopefully. Kingsley, St. Francis. That is going to be one of the marquee matchups of the year, it's looking like. Uh, but mm-hmm. first impressions after two weeks. And St. Francis has looked great as well. But Kingsley's caliber of opponents through both weeks has been, you know, just off the charts impressive. And for Boyne City, switching divisions, going down to the leaders' division of the NMFL. They've lost to Charlevoix two years in a row. And what they do, they go into Charlevoix Field. Quickly get two touchdowns from Bobby Holth on the ground. Their first two offensive possessions. I think they won that game, twenty-seven to eight. That sounds right. Right about. I Something know they like put up that. twenty-seven. Yeah. I think the Raiders had one. Only so got one twenty-seven six, twenty-seven eight. But either way, you could kind of tell they led at the half by uh, by three scores. Three. It was like twenty-one, twenty-two to nothing. So you, you kind of had the vibe. Charlotte was going to need to pull off some greats, and they had some pretty good. Caleb Stuck is. A, He's a great quarterback, and their, their wide receivers are very athletic. Evan Solomon pulled down a great one hand and grab, and I was there. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Boyne City just took the challenge from the word go, and and uh, no surprise to see that was the final score. But, you know, maybe a little surprised to see Boyne handle that matchup so easily. So Boyne and Kingsley get my nods as far as two uh, top-shelf opponents, really, to watch in these first two weeks from yeah. the MFL. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that game, too, that it wasn't that close. Kind of like the TC Central Marquette game. I was expected that to be maybe a little bit more of a blowout, even though well, I mean, technically it was thirty-two points, but sixty to twenty-eight just doesn't sound as much of a blowout as like twenty-eight to eight. Oh, it's by no means a blowout. Yeah. But the team with me is well, two teams. I'm gonna say two, I'm gonna go with two small schools. Manton starting out two and zero for the first time since two thousand eighteen. They uh, had a, a twenty-four to nineteen win over uh, Houghton Lake in their Highland Conference opener. Lucas McKernan had a huge game. We'll we'll come back to that later. I think in the uh, in the Hall of Fame, just kind of a big win for that program. I mean, they've really struggled over the last few years. They've you know they've had a hard time. I think recruiting players and getting numbers of kids to come out. You know, it's uh, the more the view of it's a basketball school. Right. Uh, and you know they've got some kids on the team now. They're getting some wins. They had a sophomore come up with a big interception late in that game to seal the win. You know, and then they're playing Lake City next week. One of the few matchups of two and O teams that we have. I think we have ten teams in our coverage area that are two and O out of thirty some schools. Yeah, you've got Man Mancelona, which is another kind of surprise team. I guess not really a surprise team to us because we knew they had a lot coming back. You yeah, know, they they, they added to the coaching staff. You know, they brought back everything they had. They added to the coaching staff, and they had a lot coming back from the last season. So, but you know, a good start for them as well. Boyne City's 2-0, Kingsley, T.C. West, St. Francis, Sutton's Bay, Bear Lake, Lake City, Cadillac, and Petoskey. You know, Coach Win Bigler, maybe one of my favorite names. Oh, it totally. Of a coach I asked here. him when I talked to him, like, that is how you say your name, right? I was like, I'm going to be really upset if it's Wine Beigler or something like that. <laughs> like, French. Or <laughs> yeah, that is like one of my favorite coach names around here. It's got to be. Got them starting 2-0. and So, you know, maybe they're one of those teams that throws their hat in the ring there, too, in the Big North Conference and and is at least one of those teams that can 
can trip somebody up some and, and factor, Gavin factor into that. Gavin their quarterback. Uh, he had a nice game last week. Rippin' Vining's uh, one of their more talented running backs yeah, in Vining our area. Nice so last week too. I don't know if I'm ready to predict, predict them taking a conference title, but it's certainly a Petoskey, TC Central, TC West, Cadillac game looks a lot more intriguing than it did a year ago. And in, in the last few years. You know, Sutton's Bay, we expected to be there. Bear Lake is, not, is another one of those teams that I think is surprising to be 2-0, and and they're playing another game this week against a 2-0 and team in, in Marion. So kind of with that, let's look ahead at the best matchups we have next week. The the big one, TC West at Cadillac. It's kind of one of those games where somebody could play their way into or out of the Big North Conference Championship or, you know, give themselves a step up or take a step back in that in this game. Well, yeah, West can't afford to overlook Cadillac and look ahead to Central just yet, even though you know they kind of deep down really want to, but probably their second toughest conference opponent, their second toughest conference opponent is this week. It's on the road. Cadillac is a state finalist from a year ago that mm-hmm. appears to have that same caliber of a team this year. So, yeah, really both teams have something big to play for in this game, and that's, you know, all especially early on in the season, that's always an intriguing element to it to see uh, which one really doesn't blink, you know, which one avoids the minimal mistakes and, and executes to perfection because that's going to go a long way towards telling their story the rest of 2021. Yeah. I also think Wes is doing a lot of things right early on in the season. They're proving that they can be a deep playoff contender. They're proving that they can contend with Traverse City Central in two weeks. And they've added wrinkles into their game that teams have to have to prepare for uh, in every sense. I mean, you know about how good their special teams is, with the block kicks and punts, they had two more last week. But on offense, they've added, last week they added in a wildcat formation with Mike Skirmerhorn at quarterback and Brandon Konchak split out wide at receiver for a few plays and gave teams something else to look at there. When they go for two, they use that weird formation where they only have like two or three blockers in the middle and Konchak and that's it, and everybody else is spread out wide. And a lot of times teams just come back from that, bring those guys back in motion in and, and just run a regular play, but they're not. They're running it like that and spreading your defense ultra thin. Conchek's kind of free to, to run or throw as he sees fit. Do you remember, you know, you know James, as you're talking about this, you're reminding me of the story that we kind of like to talk, the thing we kind of like to talk about last year when Cadillac was making a run to the state finals. Coaching. Cody Mallory in Cadillac. They didn't really have stars on that team. They didn't really have any guys that were making, putting extreme stat lines out like Josh Burnham and Trevor City Central do. They really outcoached teams, and they really did a lot with the, what they had on their team. And I think that goes to show with a lot of schools, when they change coaches and the coach doesn't start winning immediately, I think Cody Mallory is an example of why teams or schools should have some patience. It took three, four years for Cody Mallory's system to, to sink in and for people to buy in and for it to start working this last couple of years. Um, and you see a lot of times where teams, the coach doesn't start winning after two years, gone. I, I just think that's one of those things in coaching that you got to give high school coaches a little bit more of a chance to get to get their fingerprints on the the program. So hats off to Greg Vaughn and what's he, what he's doing there at West. He did do a pod with the Lions, right? Well, he's the Lions coach mm-hmm. of the week yeah. for week yep. one. Yep. Yeah. So he did. They did like a an interview with, that they posted on their website that they do every every week with the uh, with the coach of the week winner. We talked about Manton earlier. They're playing Lake City, another matchup of two and O teams, and that game has been moved to Thursday night. So some teams that want to come out and, and watch that. Personally, I love Thursday night football games. I think we should have them throughout the season. I'm not against that idea, especially because that encourages more of those teams getting coverage. 
and compared to them all mm-hmm. playing on Fridays yep. or Saturdays. It would, when it would result in more coverage for the media. It would give us more stuff to do. It would allow us to see more teams yeah, you get referees. in person. It would ease the yeah, the ease the burden on referees well, because it would spread them out. J- if they're not, they're doing a JV game. Yeah, but usually your JV game ex- referees are not necessarily the same ones as varsity. That's you're, true. you're less experienced ones. Good point. I think from a fan's perspective, it gives you a chance to go out and watch somebody else. These last two weeks at the Thursday games that I was at, there was so many fans that I saw there that were from other schools that had, you know, no 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 allegiance to the schools that were playing. You know, I, I go to the St. Francis Grayling game, and there's kids from Sutton's Bay and Leland there watching the game, just for the heck of it, just because it's a football game. No, I mean it's obviously it's got its advantages to it. I just think if you asked any kid or maybe even any coach, like it's Friday Night Lights for a reason. That's kind of the spotlight. That's been all the other, t- you know. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play your March Madness game on Tuesday night in a play-in, or do you want to play it right in the middle of the smorgasbord of Thursday and Friday? Like, I think mm-hmm. anybody involved in those games is going to want to do it in the signature time frame, and that would be Friday night. So I think that's kind of the – sure, you could do one, maybe flex one like Thursday night football like the NFL, but, I mean, St. Francis is – That's what know, I'm saying, a couple games a week. They play – Yeah, maybe like the Northern Michigan football conference. Only, a team only does it once. They're yeah, like the, like the Northern place. Michigan com- football conference like schedules one or two games a week on Thursday. Yeah, as kind of like a spot. Like Big Ten a is spot, now scheduling a spot games on game. Fridays. Yeah, kind of like Maction. I don't know, Harrison. When I when I was in high school, we played like one or two games on a Thursday night, and you did something well in that Thursday game. You go to school on the Friday, and you're to school hero. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather win the game and then go into your weekend? There's advantages of both. The Thursday games that I saw, I didn't see like any less excitement. No, I'm, not saying less, I'm not saying less excitement. I'm just saying yeah. if you ask no, I know, them I know what they want to play, they'd want to play Friday nights. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool for us in the media. That is true. As a as a being the the greedy person that I am, it'd be cool for us. I think it'd be cool for a lot of fans. You know, I saw coaches at games on Thursday night from other teams just coming to watch, just be able to watch some football because there was a Thursday night game. Like they don't ever get to watch a game just for the heck of it on a, during the season. Anyway, that was the pulse. Brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Now we will go into our interview with Traverse City Central soccer and football player Everest Noise. Podcast is happy to bring on Everest Noise, Traverse City Central senior forward and kicker for the football team. Thanks for coming in and joining us today. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me. And spending part of your holiday with us. Definitely, yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So we'll dive right in to the Freaky Fast Five, a note to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So I'm going to start off with a soccer question. What is your favorite international soccer team and why? From when I was younger, got to be Brazil because I loved Neymar and just like that 2014 World Cup team. That was that's for sure. It's got to be Brazil just because of that. Okay, so I picked the right jersey. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's perfect, yeah. I think I picked this up. At, I was in Germany like over a decade ago or something, and it was just after they had hosted the World Cup. Yeah, because like that's a, an old like Ronaldo jersey, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a year after they had hosted the World Cup, so like yeah. all these shops had just ridiculous amounts of clearance oh, yeah, soccer jerseys. For sure. That they had left that's over. great. So if you had to travel back in time, what era would you choose to go back to? Ooh, pro- probably... Like ancient Rome, ancient Rome would be super cool. As long as you're someone high up. If you weren't someone high up, it probably wouldn't be that good. But ancient Rome would be awesome. You know, 
the striking thing about Rome was that they had communal toilets. Yeah, no, that that that, that we're not rocking weird. with that. We'd have to <laughs> be like a king or something. I don't know. Yeah, where you get your yeah. Rome. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rome. What is your favorite holiday? We're here on Labor Day, so we'll exclude that one. But what is okay. your favorite holiday? Yeah, Christmas for sure. I, I love skiing. I like the snow. So Christmas time, it's beautiful out most of the time if it's snowing. But just to be together with fam- family and friends, mm-hmm. enjoying the holidays for sure. What is one thing that you are horrible at? One thing I'm horrible at is singing. I'm horrible at singing. Yeah? Awful. And dancing. Just both of them are just not my thing at all. No? You seem yeah. like you kind of have a deep voice. So you keep no, it yeah. Off. I, I just, you know, that's the facade. You just got to <laughs> keep people thinking that. No, I am, I am not a singer. No way. What are two of your pet peeves? Um, I hate when people are late for things. That's one thing. Or myself. I don't, I don't like being late. I hate when my room's messy. I like super clean room. Random, but yeah. That was one of the other questions I actually was had written down and decided not to do. One of them is, are you a clean or messy person? Oh, yeah, clean for sure. All right. Well, that takes care of the Freaky Fast Five. Another ode to our sponsors, Jimmy John's. So now we'll just sit down and get to know Everest Noise. Traverse City Central's scoring leader last year. 22 goals, 8 assists in only 17 games. And uh, this year, team captain, you're on the dream team last year, all that. All that kind of stuff. But as a forward for a team, how, how much do you scout out goalies for other teams? Do you sit there during pregame warm-ups and, like, kind of watch them and try to pick out if they have habits or if they're things that they're better yeah. at or not better at? I mean, it, a lot of times in high school, as of now, uh, being here for four years, I know a lot of the goalies going into the games. So, I don't know, there's a mutual respect a lot of times where I, I kind of know what they're about and they know what I'm about. But... It's, it's a lot of just about sticking to your guns, you know. Like, I don't want to change my game up too much just because a keeper's good at something. So, sticking to what I know, how to hit the ball, how I like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it all depends, too. I mean, obviously, short keepers, you want to go high. Tall keepers, you want to go low. But that's just the basics, yeah. I know sometimes coaches will sit there and watch. Yeah, no, goalies. the coaches always do. The coaches are always telling me, whether it's Jason Smith or Chris Hale or Mark Fiegel, whoever it is, they're always oh, trying to tell me about the keeper, but... I don't know. It just depends. Especially probably for for PKs. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, PKs, PKs. I go I go the same spot every time. Yeah, so you shouldn't give that away. Ah, uh, it's okay. The people that know that already know it. So yeah. yeah. I was at a soccer game last spring. I think it was a girls' soccer game, where there was a PK called, and the goalie instead of standing right in the middle, took a couple of steps yeah. over and basically said, "You're going to have to beat me on this side." Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen anybody do that. Yeah. That was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty gutsy. Our right? keeper Colton Warren does some stuff like that. He, he's an intimidating guy. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good though. I mean, gets in offensive players' heads. So. I, I would imagine so because it's just something completely different than what yeah. you're used to. You're used to just having to pick a corner. Yeah. About, you know, one thing like over the years that I've because I've taken a lot of PKs. That's I mean, you kind of you can't really look at the goalie if you make eye contact. That's just like bad. Like that's just you got to stay away from that kind of got to, you know, just try to try to stick to yourself and just keep looking at the ball, keep looking at your feet. Yeah. Go into it, yeah. Act like it's nothing, you know, stay cool, yeah. Uh, are you one of the guys, do you like to sit there and spin the ball a little bit beforehand? Or I, I set it up. I got a little I got a little run up. You got to come out and watch. We'll, we'll get some. I'll get it going for you. All right. So how did it come about for you to first start kicking for the football team? Mr. Adet, my Senate teacher. He's also the offensive coordinator for the football team. Since I've been a freshman, I've been in his class in Senate, so he's been telling me to do it for four years. Um, I didn't actually th- really think about it until this year. It was my senior year. Mm-hmm. What the heck, you know, got to try it. So I played football when I was younger. I enjoyed it. So And kicking, it, it's not it's not a big change-up, you know. 
I mean, I'm kicking all the time at soccer, so walking into football wasn't a, it, it wasn't foreign, you know. So it was an easy thing to step into. But I mean, lots of practice, and I'm happy for my football coaches for working with me with soccer, and super grateful to Coach Hale for helping me be able to do both. So what are yeah. the differences between kicking a football and a soccer ball? Uh, so football set up perfectly, hopefully. Carson Bordeaux sets it up as well as anyone else, but the football set up perfectly by him, so it's very much of like a almost robotic kick versus soccer when it's spinning, bouncing, you got four people running at you. So it's a little bit of a change up, but it's nice because the football one is almost always the exact same. I mean, you could go different hash, different hash, different distance, but it's set up perfectly, you know. Versus soccer, you, you never know what you're gonna get. You might get a bad tough of grass, but with football it's always you always got the turf, always got the tee and I got Carson holding it, so I'm not worried about it. Go over how hectic it was to you for you to get from your soccer game <laughs> to your first two football games, right? You had game yeah. days, you had double games on both your yeah. first two football games. So my, the first one, we had a bit of a bigger break, so that was less hectic getting there. I met the team in Saginaw where they did a walkthrough at SVSU, and I jumped on the bus. But, I mean, that one was at the big house. First, first football game at the big house is... That's that's a scary one. So that it wasn't hectic getting there, but once I got there, it was a lot of trying to stay calm, trying to stay in the right mindset. This past Thursday against Glen Lake and then Marquette, that one was definitely more hectic. I changed in the car, put all my pads on in the car, which is that's a tight fit. But then I ran right out on the field. Coach is asking, "Are you warm? Are you warm?" I haven't taken any kicks. I'm, <laughs> I'm still stiff. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm good to go." So that one was definitely that that was a more hectic transition because I of course showed up in like end of the second quarter too so mm-hmm. yeah I'm just happy to be at both of them though you know so yeah it's a good time yeah so how crazy was it being at the, at the big house for the for the players because from what I mean I understand the organization of it was kind of hectic you know the one team was leaving yeah. and the other teams are coming in it yeah, was the whole sure. lot of time to to change over how, how hectic was it for you guys I mean we got we stayed on the bus as long as we could, so it was super hot out. Um, but then as soon as we got in the locker room, it was nice and cool. I mean, it was my first football game with the team and stuff, so it was obviously a different environment. Everyone getting in the right mindset's quiet. But, I mean, the whole time, it's like the blaring factor in your face that, oh, my gosh, I'm at the big house. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it was it was super cool just being there. The experience was insane. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to play there since so few people actually get to do that. So I'm grateful to whoever put that on, but especially the fact that I was able to do it was just awesome. So what was it like when you just walked out into the field for the first time? That I mean, I couldn't I couldn't believe how high up the bleachers went. I like that sounds like a dumb a dumb comment, but like I walked out and I was walking through the tunnel and I was like, "Wow, those bleachers are still going up. They're still going up. They're still going up." And then you get out there and you look around and you're like, "Oh my, like it, it is just massive. You can tell how many people they can fit in that thing and I mean, the few, I don't know how many people are there, but I couldn't imagine a full house. It had been a few thousand, though, yeah. I think, for those games. Yeah. They put the media on the other side. Yeah. So the empty side. Yeah. I had to go up and down those stairs three times. Oh, that's a nightmare. They really yeah. didn't have the ele- – they had, like, one elevator working, but you would have had to essentially gone outside the stadium and around outside to get to that elevator. Yeah, so that's not just even as well, do just go up those stairs. Yeah, those stairs are probably harder <laughs> than even playing in that game. That thing is so, so tall. I know. I had to go up and down those, like, three times between the Central and West games. Oh, I bet, and, yeah. And I'm like, I'm almost 50. <laughs> and I get to the top I, of those yeah, stairs, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, God. Why did I do this? Oh, yeah. But it was a cool day. Oh, yeah. Um, what are some of the, the small details about soccer and soccer players that you, you feel maybe most people don't know, that, or people that don't play soccer don't know? 
the biggest thing is that a lot everyone acts like soccer is like a super super soft sport because they see like Spanish play, players flopping and stuff. But I mean, American high school soccer is not like that at all. A lot of people, you know, like they don't come out to see games where they're like, "Oh, you guys just flop, like you just run around like it's weak," and that's just not the case. I'm not saying it's full contact like football or anything, but definitely more physical than people think. That's a big one. I, d- I would definitely think the amount of conditioning that we need to have to be able to run that thing a full game. Like, those fields are so big, so mm-hmm. th- that's definitely something that I, I don't think people understand is how tiring those games get, and especially with two a week with the schedule we do. It's it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot for sure. Yeah. How, do you have, like, one of those trackers that keeps track of how many miles you put in during a game? No, I, I should, but I the high schoolers that have done it, they the midfielders and the forwards, like I play, average, like, six miles. That's that's a lot of running, and it's, it's a very, like, stop-start too you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's like you're never really walking it's just like jog walk for maybe a split second sprint sprint walk jog 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 so you know it's not really mm-hmm. a pace if it was a pace it's a lot easier but my legs are not feeling good by the end of those games do you tell the football players you know about how much you guys run and uh, no I, I if they could do that <laughs> no I mean because the thing is is like it, it's a big difference because I mean I could run two miles faster than all those guys but we get in the weight room we get to doing contact stuff and I feel like the smallest guy in the world you know, so respect to both sides. I mean, the football players are out there. They're always grinding, and they put in so much work. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's obviously that's a ton of work, and I respect that. The soccer work is just different. You know what I mean? It's less less lifting, more just running a couple miles every day, and then it gets to the down to the season, and you're running yeah. a lot of miles every day. So a lot of cardio, yeah. Of oh yeah, a lot of watching what you eat, a lot of drinking water. You know? Yeah, I, th- I was at a football game the other night, and somebody got called for a penalty. For, I don't know, like a late hit or something like that, and the the players on the sidelines that were yelling at the ref, this isn't soccer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no respect. <laughs> it's all right though. It's all right. I don't, I don't mean I don't blame them. There's a lot of players in soccer that that do flop, and they're the reason that that soccer's got like that title. You know that like, and even in high school, like it is a harder game, but you still got kids in every team that flop on everything. So well, I mean, the, the referees up here are probably the same referees. That oh, yeah. have seen these kids play yeah. for years and years, so they probably know who the flappers are. Right? Yeah, they 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 get do to they, know them. Yeah. Do they just like or start not calling it when those I kids mean, flop? It all depends. Like, there's it's since it's a lot of the same refs too. It's like you either develop good or bad relationships with them, which I've been blessed enough to have some good relationships with most of the refs. I mean, no one has a perfect relationship with any of the refs, though, so it, it really depends on the ref. Everything's different, which is uh, also another adjustment. Another detail people understand is how much like. A little bit of officiating can change in a game. If you got someone who calls everything, it's a completely different game than you got someone that's letting it go every play. So, mm-hmm. kind of just depends on the guy or yeah. the girl. Do you guys know that going into the game? Do you are yeah. you like so and so is ref in this game, yeah. guys? We've got to play this. We got to <laughs> uh, play this close. A hundred percent, we know that. When when we see the ref come up, it's a lot of, oh my gosh, it can't be this guy, or oh, this is good. Like we got a good ref. So, mm-hmm. you you know the refs, you got their number, but like they have your number, so. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mutual thing, and that can be good or bad. Yeah. So, but they make the final call, so you just got to keep your mouth shut and keep playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do players who flop a lot get a bad rep? Yes. Like from the other players? Oh, 100 percent. Even yeah. if they're on the team, yeah. Players that flop a lot don't. Yeah, they don't get a lot of respect. I mean, if you're on their team, you're happy to get foul calls from them and stuff. But, and there's a there's a big difference between like flopping and like going down. You know, like if someone hits you and you just go down with it. That's that's totally different than like making a big deal out of something that's nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it really gets in the other players' heads too. Like, if someone's flopping, I mean, obviously it's gonna make me angry. It's gonna make the next guy who got fouled angry when they know they didn't really touch him. But 
I mean, the guy that's flopping, like, they're they're winning if they're getting the calls, you know. So you can hate them, but you got to respect it. Yeah, if you get the calls, you get that, exactly, you get yeah. that set piece. Exactly. You got teams that are, you know, got the set pieces down. That's yeah. an advantage. Got kids that can hit. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're hitting free kicks from 40 yards out, then and that's your the way you're going to win games. I mean, it's obviously your strategic to have someone small go down when they need to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Is the flip throw in still legal? It's sick. Yeah, it's it is legal. I had someone do it against us on a. I want to say Marquette or maybe Manistee earlier in the season. They did it. Not I, I hadn't seen it like in a and in one of my games. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. We got some players on our team that can. My little brother can do it. He hasn't done it in a game. I don't know. Maybe we can convince him too. It's pretty sweet, but I would think that. I mean, there was a kid from Elk Rapids years ago, um, one of the Vanderbeers. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, gotcha. that used to do it, and so like any time they got the ball midfield in, that was you know when it went out of bounds, and they got the ball. Yeah, I mean, you could it throw was it like in a, the box. it was like a corner kick. Yeah, they're essentially generating like twenty free corner kicks. Exactly. Yeah, and that that's the big thing. Like if you got a guy that can throw it thirty yards, that's such an advantage. West has a guy that can do that. Yeah, he's a younger player, but. I can't even comprehend how far he can throw the ball. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Respect to him. I mean, it's a huge advantage for them and for their club team. So it's yeah. sick. I think was, was it Finn Durbin used to have quite a yeah. Quite I mean, a Finn Durbin could also kick the ball. Like he was another a, <laughs> 140 yards. So yeah, soccer football kicker. Yeah, yeah. I've always just wondered why teams don't just like pick one kid out and say yeah. you're going to work on the flip throw. Yeah, yeah. Some coaches don't like it. I don't know. It's preference. We gotta we yeah. gotta convince Coach Hale to let us do it. So we'll see. I'll get, would, I'll get working on it. I think he would let somebody do it. He, he has to at some point. Say so you're in a game, you break free, you get the ball, you're in the box, you're heading towards the goalie. What's running through your head? Big thing is just don't miss. I, I've been missing a lot lately. I, my 1v1s have not been, have not been as, as clean as I'd like them, but it's a lot of just scanning where the goalie is, trying to feel like have a sixth sense for how far the guy is behind you. How much time you got on the ball? I don't know. It's it's just a lot of it's it's a blur, you know. After you've played for a long time, and that's how it is with every sport. It's like you, you don't really think about it. It's just kind of second nature, you know. So you're going full speed. And the goalie's going full speed. The defenders are going full speed, and it's just a lot of. I mean, the whole it's all split second decisions. So you don't really have time to process mm-hmm. any real thoughts. It's just like gotta get this this ball in there. So sometimes you see like the the little viral videos, you know, of like a little kid doing all kinds of tricks with a soccer yeah. ball and stuff. And how much do those kind of things actually translate into a soccer game? It, it's got to not be all that much, right? I, it the, depends on your coach. Um, depends on your style of play. Depends on your teammates. A lot of kids have super fancy feet, like in practice on the side, not actually in a game. But like once you get in game, to be able to do those moves at like full speed and have them actually be effective is like so challenging so Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of people can do like crazy stuff juggling stuff like that a lot of them don't apply to the game the ones that do if you can zero in on them i would say every every good striker every good midfielder has like one or two moves that they're like really solid at and you'll see like those are the only ones they use like i got like a soul roll step over that's like the only thing i use in -hmm. a game and like it works so i just keep doing it but it's it's got to be something that you're a hundred percent on because you go out there and you mess it up and you look like a fool in front of everyone, you know? So it's yeah. got to be something that you're zeroed in and you know you can do. You can't be trying something new on exactly. a, a goal school yeah. opportunity in yeah. a one-one not, game. Not the place to do that, yeah. It also seems like to be, when you're part of a, a team concept too, some of those things maybe go out the window because maybe what's good for the team is not good for, yeah. you know, just showing off one-on-one Exactly, one yeah. I mean, like, you might look sick in front of the sideline in a student section when you're doing something like that, but it does not help to get to the team. I mean, on 
on any level. I, if you're beating a team 7-0 or something, whatever, but vast majority of the time that's not a that's not a case. And you want to show class even when you're up, so keep the ball moving, one-two touch. And that's a big thing that almost, like I would say, 95% of coaches preach. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're in that final third dribbling, you want to keep that ball off your foot. And you'll you'll hear it if you if you don't. Yeah. If you keep that ball on your foot, you'll be sitting right in the bench. Yeah, I remember, I mean, there's always... You know, some kids, especially younger players, maybe I think when they get on varsity for the first time, they're like, "Oh, I got to show what I can do." Yeah, it's I remember, like, yeah. like I, one that sticks out to me is Tony Gallegos. Like when he first came up to varsity, he was taking trying to play, take players one on one all the time, and he was good at it. Oh yeah, he, he, yeah, he's playing at Spring Arbor now. Kids, yeah, kid's so nasty. He's he's really good. He is good. But as he but as he got older and had played longer on varsity. He stopped doing that. Yeah. And, and he started playing yeah. more of the team ball. Yeah. That's how it is for a lot of people, too, as they work into it. I mean, Tony's the Tony's probably the fastest soccer player I've ever played. The kid's so hard to get the ball from, so it's obvious why you dribble it. I mean, he ran, like, the fastest 100 in the BNC as a sophomore, so why would you why, <laughs> why would you not do anything but kick the ball and just go after it, you know? So, I mean, it's a big adjustment pulling anyone up. I did it when I was a freshman. Hayden Hansen was with me. Both of us try to do little foot skills, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you quickly realize that that's not going to fly. And then same thing when Spike Peterson came up and then when my brother came up and then now when, like, Asher Jordy came up. It's a lot of, like, teaching them as, as the older person and as the older people before me. It's, like, teaching them that, like, that's not going to fly and that's not what that's not what you're doing here. Because as soon as you hit the high school game, a lot of things change. And one of the biggest things is it, 14 years of playing 18-year-olds, so that's a big adjustment to realize, oh, like, I, I can actually get hurt if I keep messing with this ball. So, like, I should probably get this off my foot. So it's, the game speeds up a lot. The maturity speeds up a lot. And that mm-hmm. a lot of those foot skills just end up going away. And a lot of guys are way bigger than you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. How different is the recruiting game on the soccer level? I mean, like, you know, baseball, basketball, ba- you know, football has all kind of become about these camps. And yeah. a travel ball and stuff. I know soccer travel ball plays a pretty big role as well. But yeah. uh, how, how how different is it from other sports as far as the recruiting game? Well, it's more difficult because, okay, so in a 90-minute soccer game, there's some statistic like you have the ball on your foot for two minutes, maybe, right? So in those two minutes, you got to show Exactly, because it's one, two touch. So it's can you receive the ball, can you get it off your foot? And you, like, you have the ball on your foot for maybe literally one second to two three seconds at a time at the high school level unless you're going on a dribble mm-hmm. or wasting time so it's definitely a challenge going to these camps i go i went to a bunch of camps this summer and camps are a big part of it um especially for people up in traverse city up north because we don't have like big academies that we could go play at and get noticed there it, it's like as a football you like every play stops right and then it restarts so you can find the ones that you're in but mm-hmm. soccer is different because like if you're making a video like you're involved with the play even if you don't get the ball once it could be like a a run that makes space for someone else or a checking away that makes space for someone else or you getting the ball mm-hmm. literally one touching it four yards back to someone and that that's like that's like special in the eyes of like a college coach a high school coach but other people don't see that as much you know it, it's just a different a different flow of the game which makes it hard to show off in camps and stuff because you want to be able to show them what you got like what kind of foot skills how you can shoot and stuff but at the same time it's like if you're dribbling they don't want they don't want you and if you're shooting unnecessary shots, they don't want you. So it's it's got to be perfect, you know. So if you get stuck in a bad position or on a bad team at a camp, it makes it, it makes for a really hard thing. What are the uh, the funniest stories you have about uh, people's reaction to or pronunciation of your name? So I work ziplines at Mount Holiday, right? Mm-hmm. I, I tell them my name's Everest. People always ask me. They're like, that's a fake name. I'm like, it's not a fake name, no. Um, 
But and it's a lot of getting called Everett, getting called I don't know dorky stuff like Mountain Man or something like that. But yeah, it's not horrible. It just kind of depends, you know. Yeah, Quinn doesn't get that as much. No, not as much. No. Um, how how badly do people pronounce your last name? Well, or they generally get it right. The the commentators get it wrong every single time. You guys get it right at Record Eagle, but <laughs> like the people like announcing games and stuff when they call our names out at, wrong every time. And it was wrong, and then it's wrong again with Quinn, like, five seconds later. So it, it's all right. How, I don't mind it too much. How are the ways that they mispronounce it? Or how they say oh, it? Noyes. I don't it's just a bunch of It's just a bunch of things that you would be like, I don't I don't know how they would pronounce it like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that complicated, but Noyes is the biggest one. I get Noyes a ton. I guess just one last football question. Yeah. What's So what's your what have you got your range out to for kicking field goals? Uh, I got I got a field goal against I got one against Marquette. Oh yeah, okay. I kicked a 31-yarder from the hash, but it's it's all different. All depends on wind and stuff. Without pads, with pads, it's all a different story. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I I hope he keeps backing me up. I know I can make a lot farther than 30, so. Yeah. What's well, the, what's the farthest you made in practice? Uh with pads on? Yeah. With pads on, I can kick 50 plus. Without pads, I can probably I can kick 60, but that's without pads on a wizard, so that doesn't really count. With pads, probably 50, 55. Okay. All depends, though. I mean, it has to be a perfect snap, perfect hold. So. Okay. Hopefully, we get to a situation like that. I don't see any way in that actually happening in a game. So, just save it for you know fun. But yeah. um, I just want to be consistent out there for the guys. You know, do my part of it. I'm just appreciative that they're having me out there. So if I can go out there and put some points on the board for them, it's a good time, definitely. What's, so what's the difference between having pads on and not having pads? In oh, it's, it's a huge difference. I mean, it's it's heavier for one. Having a helmet on makes it so your head has to be, like, your. it's just different, like weight on your head, weight on your shoulders. It, you're less fluid, especially with, like, knee pads and leg pads. Like you see NFL kickers, college kickers, they wear, like, the least amount of pads possible. Mm-hmm. There's an obvious reason. Like, that stuff just gets in your way. At soccer, we don't wear anything because, like, any of that stuff's obviously going to slow you down. I hate wearing shin guards because, you know, I don't know, it's just annoying, you know. So without pads on, it allows you to be more fluid, allows you to be more flexible, and just gets in your way less. One less thing to think about. Well, thank you for taking time, taking some of your holiday of course, yeah. to come Thanks here for having us. Me. And uh, best of luck here in the, in the future and the rest of the season. For sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again to Everest Noise for coming in on on Monday on his day off because uh, on Tuesday here he's got a game and first day of school so couldn't do it Tuesday so thank you Everest for coming in that interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app the chatter that matters gents we've got the Iron Man coming up this week we did a a feature on that this weekend about uh, local veteran Gerald Genex who uh, kind of uses this as a uses doing Ironmans as kind of a way to treat his post-traumatic stress disorder. You've been looking into some of the other stuff like what they're doing with the traffic. road closures and the traffic and all that after that, that was, was kind of a messy thing 2 years ago. Yeah, we can car- we can confidently say it was a mess last year if people from Leelanau County couldn't really get out of their roads. Yeah, they were pretty much blockaded kind of yeah. 2 years ago. Well, I mean, that kind of happens with the big races up here i mean i grew up on the peninsula and i remember the 
well, it wasn't the Bayshore, it would have been the Cherry Festival races, I guess, but, like, be a couple times a year where there'd just be a lot of runners on your street in a certain, like, hour, two-hour window, and you just had to be super careful when you were going to get out of the driveway. You basically mm-hmm. just knew that was the day, and that was usually going to be the time, so you just planned to not leave your house. Yeah. I think the problem with the 2019 Ironman was that it was the first time, so people weren't used to that. They didn't, and an Ironman's they didn't, obviously they didn't, a gigantic course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a large course, and I think people just didn't expect it, and it wasn't publicized very well what clo- what right. places were going to be closed. So I think a lot more people this year are kind of like, got it on their radar, you know, well, because complete, it was such a, a thing two years ago. location. Yeah. Frankfurt. Completely now. different town and everything, so Which I'm curious to that. see, you know, I'm glad to see it was brought back to another northern Michigan town, and I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue that Frankfurt's a much better place to have something like this just based off right being on Lake Michigan there mm-hmm. and uh, M22 for being a scenic drive is also, you know, a lot of cyclists are out there so I think it's kind of like a friendlier place to do something like this. Yeah. They got Where's two lakes. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. put guys in Lake Michigan or or the, I call it the you don't have to put guys in the Grand Traverse Bay. It's Lake Michigan. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's part of Lake Michigan. It's, it's so. better from a safety aspect where you're having runners swim against Betsy Lake where it, you know, it, you can put normal boats in there. Course-wise, mm-hmm. it's it's probably an upgrade. Obviously, Traverse City would probably have a little more accommodations for how many people are actually doing something like this. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of them are staying probably in Traverse City anyways. And, I mean, when you do one yeah. of these, it's like an all-day commitment anyways. So Yeah, and well, and they moved it back. It's, this one is later in the season than the one that they had two years yeah, ago in Traverse City. Yeah, early August. I yeah, think. it was in, it was in August, July, I believe. Early August. Heart of tourism. And, uh, so, well, for Frankfurt... Um, it's it's a boon for Frankfurt because it kind of you know the tourist season kind of ends on Labor Day weekend and this extends their tourist season another week so it, hopefully it's an economic boon for well and they've already Frankfurt. signed on for another one right yeah they've already announced that 2022 is coming so. back to Frankfurt mm-hmm. so it's going to be here at least two years and then they'll we'll see where it goes from there maybe it goes back to Traverse City maybe maybe how they didn't bad get enough do people. you guys never want to do this race never want to compete in it yeah oh you would I'd never. Like never. I and this is just that. a half. My my bad knees. I couldn't even do the running part. Oh well, I know. Wasn't that your trifecta one time? You guys tried to ration off who was going to do what part. Yeah, we did something with a triathlon right. one time. Way back, yeah, but way back. I don't know. I got my back gets exhausted just by doing the Leland on trail, like what the seventeen miles of that, and it's what one hundred fifty mile bike ride. The full, but this is a half triathlon. Oh. So it'd be seventy five. So it's like a one point two mile. Swim. swim and like and a half marathon and then i think the bike is 56 or something like that miles but that's that's still more than you ever catch me ever doing yeah i'm d- i mean obviously very cool that these type of events exist for these extreme triathloners that want to take part in them i just am amazed at how popular they really are that there's that many people that you know some people just want to run a marathon or a half marathon and there's events like these that set up that that is the end the third leg of your mission that you're trying to accomplish i couldn't imagine doing a race like this without you know just taking an hour rest in between right legs. i can't imagine doing a race where i can't squeeze in a meal or a bathroom break and you okay. can't on a full iron man you definitely can't yeah and these things are you know, you get, it takes you five hours, to, you know, for like an average person, I think, in, in that that's trained for a long time in these. It takes them five hours mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. You take, you, you're taking bathroom breaks. They're just not traditional. 
<laughs> no doubt. No doubt about it. Might, might be a few in the lake. It, I mean, it's a, it's a cool event. It's, it's cool to have it up here economically and yeah, tourism-wise and I'm everything. I'm excited to see what uh, Stormcloud's role in this is going to be. You know, they're a big business in Frankfurt. It's going to um, be impossible to get in there that day. Got a carbo load after <laughs> you're all done, yeah. Between the fans and, you know, people that come to, to watch it and the relatives and all that and the, and the racers themselves, that place is going to be the just A&W overloaded. is going to be swarmed. <sighs> yep, all downtown Frankfurt. Is but that road construction done? It no, was still closed when I was there. It wasn't when I went there to interview Gerald for the story. Nice. You yeah. still had to kind of go around the school mm-hmm. to get around back around to the downtown. So that should make things fun. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Speaking of running, Speaking part of the four. triathlon, we have uh, the um, first MichiganCrossCountry.com cross-country rankings came out, They're basically the preseason rankings. Um, and we've got a lot of local teams entered in there, including a team ranked number one. The Traverse City St. Francis boys are ranked number one in the Lower Peninsula, um, just ahead of Hart, St. Louis, and Ithaca. And the girls, Traverse City St. Francis is second to Hart and just ahead of St. Louis and Grand Rapids Covenant Christian. Um, they held those same rankings, I think, and there was a, another website that did their own kind of rankings on, on Twitter. I think it was MIA. XC. My XC speed rankings. Yeah, speed rankings. So. But that was like a preseason ranking with. Yeah, and they had St. Francis ranked number one, you know, for the boys and two for the girls too. For Did the St. Francis bring everybody back? Quite a bit. Yeah, they lost Elon Tarrant, Bryson Alalasingham. But I mean, they got Thomas Richard back, Tucker Crum, Connor McIntyre, Brendan Endress, Josh Kerr, and Connor Donahue, which is a pretty good group of guys to have back. And then they've got two pretty good additions in Josh Slocum and James Tente for the St. Francis boys. The girls lost Anna Nielsen and Abby Chittle, but they have Sophia Ryan, Ava Pomeransky, Riley Duffing, Margo Haggerty, Annie Paulson, and Josie Gorman coming back. And then they add in Grace Slocum and Betsy Skenzel. You know, they appear to be pretty well loaded as well. I think they've uh, t- overtaken Benzie Central as the uh, boys and girls D3 uh, power up here for this year at least. Kalkaska is actually ranked number eight in Division Three boys. Benzie Central is ranked 14 in the boys, sixth in girls. Um, but if you go to Division One, Traverse City West is ranked number two behind Caledonia in the boys. Traverse City West is an honorable mention pick. The Traverse City Central girls are ranked fourth, and West is ranked 13th. You know the Central boys have to get some sets. You have to get some credit after winning Pete Moss. You know, you had, obviously Pioneer wins Pete Moss for girls, and they get the number one ranking there, which is pretty clear why. But, you know, with a meet that big with 20 schools, got to give it to the Trojans there. The one Division Two team that we have from the area that's ranked is the Petoskey Girls at number 13. And defending state champion Petoskey Girls. Mm-hmm. And then Division Four, we have a, a good handful of teams there, too. We've talked about before about Johannesburg Lewis, and their boys are ranked number three. Their girls are ranked number five. Frankfurt's, Frankfurt's boys are ranked number 15, and Buckley's boys are an honorable mention. They're just getting we'll started. We'll There's, we'll we've just, still got we'll just, a long ways to go, but it's definitely cool to see that we've got that many teams considered by multiple voters or whoever. Are you voting in that one? No, that's done by the Coaches Association. Okay, I, so it's I, Coaches, I think. yeah, which is uh, even better. I, th- I think. Uh, well, this one, this one is michigancrosscountry.com, um, so it's not like the Coaches Association specifically. And I think it's kind of a computer rankings, too, based on that stuff. But, um, 
So with that, we'll go into the Hall of Fame, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Got three good athletes coming up here. Who you got, Harrison? I'm going to go with Bobby Hoth, running back linebacker at Boyne City. Not Bobby Hoth, not Bobby Hooth, but Bobby Hoth. You hear a little bit of everything on Friday nights, but mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Hoth got a stat line in front of me. 22 carries, 208 yards, three touchdowns on offense, and seven tackles on defense. And, I mean, just to make a statement in that game for me being there, uh, he, he gets the first touchdown on their first drive. He gets his second touchdown on their second drive, all both from about midfield. So it wasn't like just short 10-yard scores that he was punched in there. Like He just quickly evaded the Raider defense, mm-hmm. and, and that was a very early two-touchdown lead for them on the road. Uh, stuff like that, you know. This that's we talked about other great running backs like like David Milliken and Michael Skirmerhorn. Like that that type of stuff dictates a lot for an entire game, and that's kind of what he does offensively and defensively. His sidelines also yell on him, making big tackles uh, mm-hmm. on defense as well at linebacker. So uh, I'm going with Bobby Hoth this week. Yeah, and all those tackles were solo. It's seven solo tackles. So yeah, an impressive game by Bobby there. Andrew, who you got? Yeah, Josh Hershenberger. Kind of been the glue guy for Traverse City West Soccer the last couple of uh, last year or so. He had three assists and a goal in the final of the Labor Day tournament against an Ohio team. White House Anthony Wayne. White House Anthony Wayne. Is the name of the, the school. The first time that T.C. West has beaten an out-of-state sco- out opponent in soccer. To their credit, they don't play a whole lot. They ha- they have the last few years, though. Cause the last few years. Because yes. Grissinger like, just in has brought them in. Uh, four of their six games so far this season have been against teams from Ohio. It's a lot of trouble. They did, for, just, they did just appear in the rankings I saw for soccer. I think they're 15 or 10. I think they're honorable mention, yeah. Just outside the top 10. Yeah. Well, that's good. You would think that a team that got to the state finals the last two years would, would get that kind of credit and would be there in the rankings higher than... I'm just on a well, that's but supposedly not you what know. you're told to do. You know, that's last season, last season. But yeah, yeah but, I, I, but that's I the way it goes. The, with the limited vision, like no, none of these coaches have seen every team play. Exactly. So that's naturally and, and most how of that's, them. That's gonna go. Yeah, and most of them haven't come up here. Don't play teams up here. A lot right. of the ones voting in the coaches association. They're talking to White House, Monningdale, Anthony Wayne, Scotland Yard. What was the other one that they played? Something Anthony orange. Olentangy Orange. Olentangy Orange. Olentangy is the name is of a high school. No, it's a that they played. Yeah, Olentangy apparently is a neighborhood in Columbus. Yeah, and they have multiple high schools there, and they played two of them. And they're the Fighting Orange. No, it's just the name of the school. It's Orange. Orange High School. Yeah. Damn. Bet their orange juice at breakfast is. The <laughs> there, were their jerseys? I wonder if their jerseys are orange. I bet you're the first one to make both those jokes. Probably in Michigan. Well, I'm going to put up Manton quarterback Lucas McKernan. They, they won that big game to go two and zero for the first time in quite a while. Because they're an orange school. They do have kind of orange. Those, so the Rangers quarterback ran for 122 yards and three touchdowns. Threw for a hundred more on four of five passing. Threw for three two point conversions and led the defense with 17 tackles. All solo? Not all solo. Off. See, that's a deal breaker for me. Seventeen. I'm going to guess seven solo and ten assists. Ten assists. Ten that's dimes. Total guess. Drop ten assists. No look passes. Total guess. So time to vote. Andrew? I'm going to give it to McKernan. I feel like the Manton team had so much to do this year. You know, So much they had to improve on for last year. And he was one of the few returning guys of that group. You know, where they graduated like nine guys and merged their JV and varsity team. And he seems to be doing well with leading them. K 
Kids got my vote. 17 assists or solo tackles. Even if it's all 17 assists, that's an impressive amount of times to get Even the ball. Even if he has an a 11 tackle player box football. that he plans to use for fishing this weekend, that's not his. I will vote for Lucas as well. So it is a sweep. Lucas, you are in the, the Hall of Fame, the most prestigious club in northern Michigan. Hall of Fame sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City at Jimmy John's. They're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Trifecta, gents. NFL season's kicking off this weekend. NFL picks, what are you looking forward to? Well, I was telling you guys, you know, how fair, and I usually hate the NFL, but uh, something about this year is just I'm really intrigued to see who actually wins it. I feel like there's, I, I mean, there's always a, a handful of teams that are in the hunt for it. But I feel like this year there's a lot of I, a lot of reasons I like the NBA is the storylines and the legacies and all that that goes into what team or what guy wins at that season. I feel like you've got that vibe with the NFL this year with guys switching teams, guys wrapping up with teams, Tom Brady being 44 years old. Aaron really, Rodgers coming back to the Packers. Yeah, the rap, guys wrapping up with teams. He's, he's got his, the last dance for Green Bay, like Jordan with the Bulls. So it's like... The farewell a, tour. Right. There's a lot of intrigue. I wonder if he's going to get, like, you know, uh, chairs given out, like, you know, fancy gifts given out, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got back in the day when he retired. It's intriguing to me to find out what, what is actually going to happen from beginning to end. And, I mean, the NFC East can't be anywhere near as bad as they were last year. I think I heard on Sports Center today their best win total was seven wins. So Plus you're adding the, the 17th game. So you got an extra week of football, which makes those fans happy. So you want my Super Bowl pick? Oh yeah, let's yeah, who, go. Yeah, who are you thinking it there? Uh, Joe Burrow over <laughs> Joe over the Washington Football Team. Um, you guys probably have a better idea than I do. All right, if I have, if I'm like ten seconds to my head right now, I gotta decide. I will say. Mahomes' revenge tour is a real thing. He was injured in the Super Bowl last year. I think if he was healthy, that would have been a lot more intriguing of a game and a tougher for Brady than the Tampa Bay to win. So I'm going to say the Chiefs win, and in the NFC, I don't want to repeat my same pick because I had them beating the Packers last year. So in the NFC this year, I'll say I'll say Staffy gets it done. Chiefs over Rams. All right. I can, I mean, Staffy. I can, I can, Anybody I can else see that. Staffy before? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I've had somebody in uh, one of my fantasy leagues ahead of him as our quarterback called their team Staff Infection. One th- matchup that I would sort of like to and almost at the same time hate to see w- would be a Bucks patriots Super Bowl. And I think that the Patriots are going to be really good this year. With Mac Jones? Yeah. I think they're gonna, And they're not going to have to rely on him. They're, they've got a good offensive line, they've got a good stable of running backs, and they've got a really good defense. Yes, but are you going to predict them to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. All right. I like I like the bold strategy. They're the Patriots. They, they also have the best coach in the <laughs> They're NFL. They're the Patriots without Tom Brady, which by we all far. know is, is different. They also had the best coach in the NFL by far. Is he still the best coach? He'll find him a game by cheating somewhere. I'm not saying he isn't still a very good coach, but is he? The, I've had this theory, and this isn't the trifecta, but I've had this theory that the Patriots in the 2000s, that was because of Bill Belichick. The Patriots in the 2010s, that was because of Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe, but last year was a horrible season for the Patriots, right? Oh, well, they were 7 obviously. and 9. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible season. Well, and that's they lost, when they, they that's when they had ha- they had half their defense yeah. opt out. And all those guys half. are back. They had like seven players opt no, out. No, I know that last year because of COVID. I am aware of that cuz when I was scouting for fantasy, everybody's <clears> like pick the Patriots, pick the Patriots. 
Um, and clearly they didn't want to waste any more time with Cam Newton, which tells you something. Um, and I think Mac Jones mm-hmm. could be a very good player, but... I, I think he'll be all right. He, you know, I think he'll be, you know, hopefully the same as what the Lions hope Jared Goff will be, is that the Lions hope that they'll have a good defense in our ground I'm game. I'm just patriot they, they don't have to rely so on Goff. I, I don't really want to, you know, and usually I don't care that much about the team that's always there. That doesn't bother me that much, but I really legitimately am patrioted out um, so no, I can see. I that's why. I, that's why I said at the same time it would be really interesting, and I would kind of almost hate it. Um, but but I, that's I, your I, pick. So if you're right, you can brag about it in five months when we reassess this topic. Andrew, you know I really like the combo of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs last year. I want to see them. There's the pick. I do want to see them beat Patrick Mahomes, even though I love the Chiefs and I love like how electric that offense is. I do want to see. I'm gonna say that's a Kansas reference. <laughs> you can, right, go city. ahead. It's Kansas City, but go it's ahead. it's close enough. No, I, I I mean I had to get the bell in today. Yeah. We didn't get it in last week. Do you want me to ring it? No. All right, it's already been rung. But yeah, I do want to see Josh Allen do it this year. You know, we got that Bills Chiefs matchup last year, and obviously Chiefs won. But well, who's your I NFC pick? I haven't really thought about the NFC all that much. You're just counting out the NFC and you're having Bills, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. First time ever, all AFC. Yeah, I mean, the, the chalk pick for the Kansas guy would be the Bucks because they've done something that's never been done in the Super Bowl era of the NFL, which is to win a Super Bowl and then bring back all 22 starters and the entire, pretty much the entire coaching staff as well. Like, they didn't have any defections from that team. Everything's back. And, they they, did, and they've added to it. I... I don't know if that's necessarily the best strategy because they were the 2020-2021 champs. That doesn't mean a year later they're going to be clicking on all cylinders and nobody's Right, some of those guys are going to be a year older. Brady's mm-hmm. going to be a year older. Gronk's going to be a year older, and they were old last year already too. So, yeah, some of those players may regress some, but it was good enough to win with them last year, and it's it was, something yeah, that's so never been done. Hunt. Yeah, it's and something it that's them. never been done. Yeah. And then they added some pieces to that too, draft and free agency. And we're going to get the Super Bowl at the latest time it's ever been. It's going to be like Valentine's Day weekend this year. So, did you pick an NFC team? Uh, yeah, it's been picked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay. No, you get to pick it. You You're going to take Tampa? Pick, Wait, who was your are. NFC team? Tampa. Yeah, because I, oh, said, the, the, I said the Tampa. Patriots Tampa. Nobody's that's why I said the it Packers. Was, that's why I said it was interesting. I don't, I don't buy in that uh, at some point Aaron Rodgers does not have a tantrum this season when – they don't do something he's he the guy that said relax that was i know him. i know and then this whole offseason he has aside he, from being no a he 100 percent has nothing about his behavior has been tantrum related at all aaron Rodgers. do you know what the definition well there's throwing a tantrum and then being difficult but yeah he's definitely not throwing tantrums he requested a trade. He told them who he t- wanted them to that's draft. That's not throwing, a, and he that's said not throwing a tantrum, though. Throwing a tantrum yeah. implies, like, being upset and whiny, like a little kid. Yeah. He's not doing... Uh, what he's doing he's, What he's doing is disrespectful, in a sense, but he's not throwing tantrums. He's not being a whiny crybaby athlete. You can call it what you want. I'm going to call it a tantrum. And I think that that somehow... Like, that's going to rear its head again during hey, the season. Hey, he's the... the He's the reigning NFL MVP. Doesn't he have the right to? And he's been there a lot longer than everybody else at that organization. He doesn't have the right to throw his weight around a little. I'm not saying yeah. I agree with it, but yeah. I think he can get away with some stuff. Yeah, I, I, I just think he's a little too, he's a little, little too angry over them doing to him what they did with him to Brett Favre in drafting 
a, rep- a replacement. You know, he when they drafted his replacement, he got He's all happy, upset about it. But I don't know if I'd describe it as angry. I totally would. I mean, he's not going to be there forever. He demanded to be that. traded. Not no. And then he reworked his. And then he reworked his contract so that he can get out in a year. And are you talking about this going into this season or last yeah, season? Yeah, going into well both. He was well. They didn't rework his contract last season. No, they did it this year. Yeah, yeah this, this whole offseason he's been pouty they and tantrumy. They drafted the QB in twenty twenty. Right. Right, and then he was, and then he was upset about it, and then he wanted input into who they drafted, and they drafted a defensive player anyway. And he oh, I don't and blame he him went, for and he went off input. Anyway. It's his team. No, yeah, he he can ask for input, but I mean, ultimately, well, either way, manager gets to I pick think who they want. I think we're all confident it's done after this year. Yeah. So yeah, either he implodes and it's ugly, and that sucks for Packer fans, or you know. Some sort of, th- I mean, that mm-hmm. could be that could be the craziest story in what this year is. Is a guy who really doesn't like to be there. Oh, it could be. I've got him as a quarterback in a couple title. of my fantasy teams. So I mean, I think well, you that have there's ten. So odds are you have twelve. The third of the league. Twelve. Third of the league's quarterbacks are your fantasy quarterbacks. So I shuddered. I saw that Brady was forty-four today. I'm like, I drafted him. Uh, I've got a forty-four-year-old as my <laughs> fantasy. See, I have Tom Brady in zero leagues. Probably a good idea. I, I mean, uh, Tom Brady's not a bad. Option at you the know quarterback what you're gonna get. because yeah. yeah, and he's got weapons all right. over. He's never gonna offense. he's never gonna like throw forty point games up. Yeah, he's not gonna throw for four hundred. As fantasy goes, but yeah, he's not gonna throw for four hundred. But he's not gonna have days where he throws for a buck sixty five and yeah, throws three picks and no TDs or anything either. All right, enough enough Aaron, of that. Tangent. Enough Aaron Rodgers tainting our podcast with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers. Where is he talk. gonna go next? Maybe that's what we should have said. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 188 of the Get Around. We'll be back next week. Thank you. We're out.